Hello and welcome back to Clarity. Clarity is our one-year journey as a church. We're hoping to get a, a clearer picture of Jesus, and we welcome you back in. I'm Garland. And I'm Sam. And this week, we are looking at the Lord's Supper, the Last Supper, the the Passover. And uh, as we approach this topic as Christians, I think oftentimes it's really familiar. It's it's communion. It's the thing that we do uh, in church, and we know that it usually involves passing cups and bread around, and it can be very, very uh, kind of church-oriented for us. And one of the things that we want to do in this particular episode is try to get uh, a better idea, a better understanding of where it comes from, because when we get that understanding— Man, it illuminates some really cool things. And so, Sam, you're here to kind of walk us through that. And so, yeah, take it away. Yeah, there's a lot going on in this passage, more than maybe just in the painting we've seen right. of this passage. Mm-hmm. This is one of the only ones that there was actually an artist there, Garland. <laughs> Named Da Vinci. <laughs> yeah, da, yeah he, da Vinci he made was a masterpiece there. that night. Yeah. You know, uh, from Luke's account, so one of the things that you can observe in Luke's account, this, is, this, this story, this scene's featured in all four Gospels. But in Luke's account, you could divide the passage in Luke 22, that's where we're at in clarity, into verses 1 to 6, and that's talking about the plot of trying to kill Jesus, of trying to destroy Jesus. And so in verses 1 to 6, listen to these characters. You've got the chief priests, the teachers of the law, they're looking for a way to get rid of Jesus, and then you've got Judas Iscariot as a player in it. And then it says in verse 3 that Satan entered Judas. And so you've got these dark figures in the story who are trying to get rid of Jesus. And then uh, the rest of our passage for this week is is verses 7 all the way down. I think we're going to verse 20. Where are we at, Garland? We're going all the way down, it looks like, to uh, verse 19. Yeah, and then verse, actually we're going all the way to verse 21. 21, yeah. yeah. Um, you could look at 7 to 21 as um, Christ's plan. So one is the destruction of Jesus. That's verses 1 to 6. But then verses 7 to 22 is, is his plan for saving man. And so just look at how Luke puts those two things back to back, is that they're trying to destroy Jesus and Jesus is trying to save mankind. And so it's just interesting to see how he plots around this. Right. Well, and fascinating as we've been as we've been working through this gospel of Luke and we we talked about it when we did our Luke introduction. This entire section of Luke, the middle section of Luke from chapter 9, verse 51, all the way to 19 is Jesus's journey to Jerusalem. It's almost like he has an appointment with destiny. And here we get to see kind of a glimpse into it. We're at Passover. It's this this is this Jewish huge festival every single year. And so, yeah, help set the scene for what this must have felt like and been like. Yeah, so not only do you have in the story, do you have Luke's account of the plot to destroy Jesus, but you've also got this revealing moment of something that's been building in tension for over 1,500 years that this is happening when Jerusalem is packed with people for a festival. So wait, wait. So fi- 1,500 years. You're. This isn't just something Jesus is doing out of nowhere, kind of making yeah. up communion on the spot. This is. Yeah. This has got history. Yeah, communion is actually a fulfillment or a filling full of meaning of something that the Jews or the Israelites have been celebrating 
for hundreds of years, and it all goes back to the Exodus. So travel with me, Garland. Okay, yeah, travel yeah, this, with me. I, I was hoping for this. Yeah, yeah, take me there. So we'll go back to Exodus chapter 11, and um, the 10 plagues on Pharaoh and Egypt, the final plague, you remember that one? The, the firstborn. The yeah. The firstborn. So this was a really intense one. It, right. it wasn't just frogs or gnats, but... As terrible as that would be. Uh, yes. <laughs> in order to break Pharaoh's prideful disposition, the final plague um, was that uh, 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 death would pass over Egypt, and the firstborn son in each household would be killed, except for those who were protected by the blood of a lamb. And so the Israelites were commanded to sacrifice a lamb. They were commanded to wipe the blood of that lamb over their doorposts. And then when the, the, the angel of death came through the camp, those who had blood over their doorposts would be passed over. You want to you read a little bit of it? Yeah. 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 What you, what you want to read? Well, it's, you know, this, this starts in Exodus 11. It goes all the way to 13. But, but let's go to Exodus 12. Okay. Because that's where the actual Passover takes place. And we read, this is uh, Exodus 12, verse 7. This is NIV. Uh, Then they are to take some of the blood and put it on the sides and tops of the door frames of the houses where they eat the lambs. That same night, they are to eat the meat roasted over the fire, along with bitter herbs and bread made without yeast. Do not eat the meat raw or boiled in water, but roasted over a fire with the head, legs, and internal organs. Do not leave any of it till morning. If some is left till morning, you must burn it. This is how you are to eat it, with your cloak tucked into your belt, your sandals on your feet, and your staff in your hand. Eat it in haste. It is the Lord's Passover. Pick up verse 12 there. Okay. That's the big one. On that same night, I will pass through Egypt and strike down every firstborn of both people and animals. And I will bring judgment on all the gods of Egypt. I am Yahweh, the Lord. The blood will be a sign for you on the houses where you are. And when I see the blood, I will pass over you. No destructive plague will touch you when I strike Egypt. So just as a, as a modern reader of this, this makes me uneasy. So help me make sense of what's happening here. Cause this is, we got, you have to have your sandals and internal organs and blood. Like what is going on here? Sam? Yeah. Well, this is judgment. So this is both judgment and deliverance all wrapped up in one. So when the, the, the death comes, it's judgment of sin. It's judgment of, of claiming the right to rule over people enslave them, and it's particularly to rule over God's people. And, and God went to Pharaoh, what now, nine times mm-hmm. and said, hey, this isn't right. You need to let these people go. And, he and almost like he's giving them chance after chance yeah. after chance after chance to stop. Yeah. And here we go. Yeah, okay. Yeah, and, and so, so this, this plague is the final straw that's going to break Pharaoh's back, but also it's deliverance. So when you see in there, um, they started celebrating their Passover and their Exodus even before they did it. So they're, they're eating this meal, and then the haste, have your, your belt on, your cloak tucked in, have your sandals on your feet, um, and then they were to eat unleavened bread, meaning that the bread didn't have time to rise, okay. uh, which is going to be a symbol for a long time. And so they're, they're initiating this meal before they even leave Egypt, and what's wrapped up in it is the death, the judgment, their salvation from it, and their journey away from the, the exodus or the, for the Egyptians through the exodus all wrapped up in one. So summarizing all of this, summarizing all this, like if I had to, if I had to try to fit, put my head around the story, 
we've got a people in slavery. They're stuck in bondage, and they have no hope. And here comes God to say, I'm going to supernaturally deliver you out through the blood of the Lamb. Is that, is that the symbol that I'm supposed to kind of take from this? Yeah. Okay. So, but, so the, the, uh, yeah, but here, here, it's not a symbol. It's the blood of the Lamb. Yeah, yeah they so, are literally delivered mm-hmm. by the blood of the Lamb wiped on the doorposts of their home. So as, as the Lord passed through Egypt and those who had the blood spared, those who didn't. So the symbolism is going to come later. Right. But here, this is the real deal. So an innocent blood is spilled of a spotless lamb, and through that, I get spared. Yeah, the, okay. Egypt, the Egyptians at this point are spared. But then later, we're going to come, and this thing's going to come full of meeting. So as we're looking back, we're looking back to the time of Jesus, all the way back to Egypt. But, but when Christ is in the upper room with these disciples, um, this is the first reveal for okay. them. And that's what's going to happen on this night. So, hey, let me go to, to, to Exodus 13. we got to do this setup before okay. we get to the full Yeah, meeting. this is helpful. So, so you just described the plague. Right. You described the meal they were having mm-hmm. that night. So the Lord said, I want you to have a meal. I want you to sacrifice a lamb. I want you to eat it in a certain way. I want you to wipe it on the doorpost. And then the, the Lord passes through the, the firstborn there, um, wiped away unless they had the blood. Well, look at chapter 13. Um, in verse 3, it says, Then Moses said to the people, Commemorate this day, the day you came out of Egypt, out of the land of slavery, because the Lord brought you out with his mighty hand. And then he commands them to have a ceremony down in verse 6. And, and they are to eat unleavened bread. They are to um, have a sacrificial lamb, and they're to have a meal. And Garland, that's the Passover meal. And so they had this feast, the Feast of the Unleavened Bread, seven-day feast. Mm -hmm. And then they had one day, the Passover feast. So it's an eight-day celebration, but the the culmination point is the Passover feast. And they had this meal called the Seder meal. And I know you've been really interested in that in your studies. Why don't you describe how the Passover meal became the Seder meal with a ritualistic order. And and that's what they were observing in the upper room. right. Well, kind of like what we're doing with clarity, humans have always marked their year. They mark, we mark time by certain rituals and festivals. We do it in American culture, and most cultures throughout history have had these markers of time. We think about our Thanksgiving, our Fourth of July, our birthday, Christmas, and we have a certain rhythm to a year, the start of the school year, and, and that's kind of how the American uh, calendar works. Well, in the Jewish calendar, the beginning of their year was this particular feast, this particular festival. The Passover almost starts n- the, the new life of this people called Israel. And if, it, for a point of comparison, the Passover meal over the centuries became, in effect, like their version of Thanksgiving, except Thanksgiving like on steroids. Like this is where all the nation comes together. They have this meal to remember what we're talking about here in Exodus. We remember that our God is the one who delivers. Our God is the faithful one to his covenant to bring us out of bondage and slavery. And year by year by year, they have this exact same ritual, this exact same ceremony. And you give it a thousand years and there's things that are added to the, the, the ceremony, just like we've added football and we've added things to our Thanksgiving that most people experience. It's more than just turkey and Thanksgiving. Now we have the football, now we have Black Friday, and there's a lot that goes into our Thanksgiving. 
all of this, there's, there's things that kind of get collected with this Passover Seder meal. And, and one of the things that gets collected is this feast has a certain order. And uh, this order becomes really, really important. And even by the time of Jesus, it's likely that, that this order has come kind of fully into in its development. And the order is built on Psalm 113 to Psalm 118, bread, the lamb, and cups of wine. And it becomes really important. All these things have rich symbolism. So you think Jesus was eating the Seder meal? I think that it is it is likely that this this Seder meal that Jesus is 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 enjoying this Passover meal and all the symbolism has come all the way into the first century with Jesus. Yeah, I do. I do too. Yeah. And so, uh, if you look at verse seven of our passage for clarity um, on this particular week, it says, "Then came the day of unleavened bread, on which the Passover lamb had to be sacrificed." So, so this is naming. Okay, here's where we're at in the week. Mm-hmm. Okay, it's Passover, and this is the day where Traditionally, the Israelites would gather for a big meal. Would you would you say in Israelite culture, this is the biggest day? Oh yeah, yeah. This is their Christmas. This, this is, is it. this is the big one. Yeah. You, you don't skip the Passover mm-hmm. meal. So whether mm-hmm. you're a practicing Jew, mm-hmm. whether you're a nominal Jew, whether you're a wayward Jew, you go to Passover. You go to meal. Passover. Yeah, this yeah. is huge. And and uh, this was this was meant to be celebrated as family units. Like you did this together as a family. In the house, uh, it was it was incredibly important. You can imagine the the seriousness and also the joy of a family getting together every single year to mark this. Yeah, for sure, like they're like Christmas Day, and they still do. They still do. Yeah, yeah. The, the Jewish people. This is still a very holy day, and it's a big deal where you're going to celebrate the Passover. And we see that in the story. Mm-hmm. Jesus gets a venue. Mm-hmm. He he gets a home with an upper room for. His family, um, yeah. hey, his crew, yeah. I, can I be a nerd? Please. I know that nerds are welcome at the Clarity Podcast Always table. welcome here, yes. Yeah. So <laughs> since Nick's not with us, I'll be the nerd. Okay, go for okay? it. Uh, it's interesting. Look at verse 10. Um, there's this clandestine spy-like revelation of where the room is. Why doesn't he just drop a pin or send a text that right. says, hey, we're going to be at the corner of this street and this street? He says... Where do you want us to prepare the meal? He's talking here to uh, Peter and John, and he says, "As you enter the city, a man carrying a water of a uh, jar of water will meet you. Follow him to the house that he enters, and say to the owner of the house, um, the teacher asks, "Where's the guest room that we may eat the Passover? That's the Seder meal right. with my disciples, and he'll show you a large room upstairs. Make the it's like really sneaky. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. like he comes in. You see the guy. The guy gives a head nod, but they don't talk. <laughs> the disciples like that's the guy. He's got yeah. the water. Yeah. yeah, and and I'm I'm not very smart, Garland, but I don't think that the men carried the water. Ah, uh, in this culture, that would have been easy to point out uh-huh. because most of the time it was the women or uh-huh. the servants carrying the water. So they see this guy and they're like, "There he is. Follow him." Why do you think they were being clandestine? Jesus wants to set this particular moment up, and he doesn't want he doesn't want to get caught yet. It's yeah, almost like yeah, he wants to remember go what have we this said with them. Yeah, in verses one to uh-huh. six, it says that the chief priests, after Judas and Satan, <laughs> yeah. are looking for a way to get rid of Jesus. And yet, it's it's so vitally important for him to have this meal. Yeah, so he doesn't want to let Judas mm-hmm. know where the meal mm-hmm. is because Judas will tell the priest, the priest will tell mm-hmm. the soldiers, and they will come and get him. So he wants to eat this meal with his disciples so bad because something very important is going right. to happen. Later, uh-huh. next week, we'll see that he actually, where he is arrested, 
he lets everybody know where Judas he's going. Judas knows exactly where that is. He knows yeah. exactly where he's going. So this might give us color as to why Judas then leaves in the middle of the meal because he didn't know where they were going, and now he's like, okay, this isn't going to work. Let's get him in the garden. Yeah, yeah. and we'll talk about that okay, next okay, week. Yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't want to get ahead. But that is that is interesting and nerdy. You're right. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah, so we have a clandestine location, secret location, right. and Jesus is protecting it for a reason. This is one of the most important nights. So last night with his men, and we have his last words, which gets us, I think, to, to one of the, the best lines in the whole passage. If you look at verse 14, it says, when the hour came. So, okay, what, what hour is that? So we have an eight-day festival, and then within the eight days, we've got a one-day, really important, and then on that day, we have a really important hour. Mm-hmm. So this is when he's going to have the Seder meal. Mm-hmm. When the hour came. Jesus and his apostles reclined at the table, and he said to them, I love this line, I have eagerly desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer. And and it's almost like Jesus is joyful. He's excited about what's going to happen at this table. And so what's he excited about? Well, Jesus is eating the, the Seder, the Passover meal, that is celebrating the lamb that was sacrificed to deliver the Israelites out of bondage. And who's Jesus? He's saying, I'm that. I'm the I'm, Passover lamb. So let's so to put, to, 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 yeah. get my arms around it. G, Jesus takes a 1,500-year-old yearly symbol that symbolizes something real, the blood of the lamb. And he, after all these centuries, and he would have done the Passover all the years of his life. And these disciples, yeah. this, is their th- this is their Thanksgiving, their Christmas... And here Jesus walks in and goes, that's always been pointing to me. Yeah, so he My takes, body. The, he takes wow. the bread that, that, and like, he breaks like, it. Goosebump worthy to think about that. Yeah, that's <laughs> like incredible. And we, oh, okay, keep going. Yeah. yeah. What did he say when he broke the bread? This is my, my body. body. Yeah. yeah. What did he do when he lifted the cup? This is my blood. Mm-hmm. And that blood that was wiped over that doorpost, the blood of the lamb, for you, for your soul, my blood will be spread over your soul. Mm-hmm. And when judgment comes, and, and we we all deserve judgment because of our inherited and our applied sin in our lives. Right. None of us are innocent, Garland. Right. Uh, I was going to say speak for yourself, but uh, I know who I am. So. <laughs> yeah, <you're>, yeah. <laughs> exactly. I think everybody out there saying, yeah, Garland's not innocent. But just just for our hearers, Sam's not either. Yeah. Uh, I, people who have kids, parents right. know that, man, we're born fallen. We have a propensity towards selfishness, sinfulness, bad choices. So so here we are guilty, and the blood of the Lamb, Jesus, is wiped over our doorpost of our soul. And when judgment comes at the day we die and face the Lord, um, at the day he returns, he will, as he looked at Egypt, he will say, I will spare those who have the blood of the Lamb over them. Mm-hmm. And Jesus is saying, that's not then, that's me. Mm-hmm. That's me. This is what I'm going to do. And so I, I, I look at that eagerly, and I just wonder, you know, Jesus is not 33 years old here. He, he's in his humanity a young man. But Jesus is eternal. Mm-hmm. 
And I just wonder, has Jesus been waiting on this moment for 1,500 years? I wonder, as he, um, as a member of the Trinity, of the Godhead, and watch what was going on in Israel when when the Passover happened in Exodus chapter 11, 12, 13, if he wasn't already looking forward to the day when this reveal was going to be made, and he said, it's me. Well, that, I mean, just just as we go into, and we're doing this clarity season, like, when we take communion, that's a big deal. Like, Jesus says, do this, this communion act. It's really, do this Passover act in remembrance of me. And that brings so much color and, like, like this is loaded with yeah. stuff when we do the communion. And so just for just for those that are in our church, the reason we're doing clarity is we want to see Jesus clearer. And here Jesus takes the symbols of Israel and says they're redefined and fulfilled in me. And not just in me and my life, which was amazing. He declares himself king, but my broken body and my poured out blood, which accomplishes forgiveness of sin and deliverance for the power of the enemy, which is sin and death. I mean, that's awesome. And every time we hold those elements here in our room, that is what we're proclaiming. And that should be done with seriousness, but also with celebration. Look, our Passover lamb has come, and we can rejoice in this. And so uh, as, we, as we as a church continue to try to get this vision of Jesus, let that be, remind, let that be a reminder for us. Any last words, Sam, on the, on the Passover? Yeah, I, I love uh, John one twenty nine. So John the Baptist Upon first seeing Jesus in John's gospel, you remember what he said? He said, behold, the Lamb of God who takes away Mm -hmm. the sin of the world. Mm -hmm. And so um, uh, there's going to be one more reveal on this Lamb thing, Mm -hmm. and it's in Revelation. How is Jesus portrayed in Revelation? Uh, Who is the Lamb that can uh, break this seal. And, and we, we're going to feast again. Oh, that's, that's another thing that's in here. He says, I won't partake in this meal again until, until I see you in mm-hmm. the kingdom. And in Revelation 19, it describes a wedding feast, the wedding feast of the Lamb. And that's when Jesus is going to partake mm-hmm. in this meal again. But this time, all of our eyes will be open. Yeah. Yeah. And, and we'll celebrate him there. Well, that, that, that should... Inspire us, I think, when we're sitting in there. Yeah, yeah. When we we get this tiny little piece of bread that, that, let's be honest, can be a little dry. This can become so rote for us, and just for us. Every time we, every time we do this, this communion ceremony, let the symbolism sit in. Think about what's going on, and that might just uh, maybe explode it into our hearts, into our lives, to live for Jesus as the the one who gave his life for us, who is our true Passover Lamb. Well, this is really fun and and helpful, and I think brings lots and lots of color to this. And so, uh, thanks for helping us navigate that. And thanks for listening to Clarity.